Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're soloing like we're Oxonald. What's up, everybody? Welcome into West by Pod, a podcast about WVU football, the Big 12 Conference, and a new summit? Question mark. I'm Joel Bracken at WV Stats Guy. I'm joined as always by Jordan Pinto, who's at Game Day Shorts, and we have our special guest Jake Lance once again on the pod. He's at Night Stare, um, and this is the West Virginia football review. Uh, kind of che- looking back at the season, talking about our, our favorite moments, doing some superlatives, and, and just sort of taking stock at, you know, was this a good season? Where are we at uh, compared to where we were at the beginning? Um, and all those fun things. So um, we did our bowl game review. You can check that out, uh, which was specifically talking about the bowls, uh, the Big 12 included. Um, but today we're kind of just going to be having some fun, uh, reminiscing on the, the good and the bad of this year. Uh, we did go nine and four, so hopefully more good than bad. But uh, as West Virginia fans, we can always remember uh, the certain nights, like the Thursday night against Houston. That one's gonna be hard to forget anytime soon. So, um, we'll we'll save the big question for the very end. We'll we'll save the the big one for the end. We usually have Jake on for our episodes uh, when the sky is falling, but hopefully we're having some fun on this one. So we're gonna start on a good note. Favorite moment of the season. Um, and Jake, we will give you the honor. Uh, what is your favorite moment of the season? Jake, Jake has to quit picking the crow out of his teeth real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. J- Jordan was uh, uh, gracious enough to, to smoke, barbecue, grill. Um, I'm over here kind of kind of um, gnawing on the, on the bone of the crow here. Um, I think just, you know, Jordan, you're a great cook. And, you know, I, I, I can't say <laughs> it certainly tastes better than the raccoon I've eaten. <laughs> um, I, I think my single favorite moment is probably UCF. I'm going to go back to that. You know, I, I think that's a game that that's kind of fluky, kind of weird. But um, I remember you guys talking about it and and just kind of hearing like like Green and Plumley are probably one two in, in the conference. And you know, Plumley looked really bad. He threw a really bad arm punt, bounced off a guy, and it was one of those where one or two fluky plays like like could have gone either way and then at the end we just we ran it down their throat and we did exactly what a power five team needs to do to a brand new g5 team and and we're going to talk about this and i will go on my rant about you know g5 and the schedule but you know if we're going to play five g5 teams it needs to be just hammered down 
you know, you're not better than us. And we did that. Like that game, you look at that game at the end of the year and that game, sorry, give me a second here. Let let me pull it up as I uh, go through everything. But that was a game where I think really the confidence kind of hit. We we ended up winning that game 41-28. That could have been a turning point. We could have lost that game. We ended up winning that game because Plumlee was just bad because he didn't have a great game. Um, threw four interceptions, threw two bad arm punts, two bad interceptions. Um, and that was kind of the – you're coming off of back-to-back losses to Houston and, U- and Oklahoma State, and we needed to get better. We ended up winning four or five. That was the game where I think the team really gelled and kind of said, you know what, we're not going to be that 6-16. Six and 16. We're not going to be that mediocre team. We're going to make sure that we end the season where we need to be. We're going to go play in a good game. Um, that was probably my favorite game because you see after that, we go 41-28 against UCF, 37-7 against BYU. Oklahoma did the Oklahoma things. It was a bad game. 42-21 against uh, Cincinnati, and then the 34-31, Garrett Green finds Team White on the last second wheel route, and then we go beat uh, UNC. That That's the turning point there. That was the – we could have been bad. We were we were ready to kind of like, hey, is the season – is the season there? Is it not there? Um, you know, that was the, the point where we go, we're no longer that team. We're no longer the team from 2019 to 2021. We are the brand new team. We're going to be excited. Uh, I said it before. I, I'll say it again. I'm excited for next year. And that was the game where I kind of went, all right, we're, we're going to get there. Like, th- this is going to be the game where, oh, my God, we might be good. We're not going to lose these games that we, that we really can. Um, so, by God, we, we, we won nine games. You know, why not us? Yeah, no, I mean th- that that was a really good one. It was a fun win. Um, I so I have a couple, um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do single games. I'm just gonna do actual moments. Um, I think, well, yeah, no, I'm just gonna do actual moments. Uh, so so kind of my first favorite one is um, we're playing TCU. I want to say it was early second quarter, and we go. I don't think it was a three and out, but we get stopped on a third down, and. The camera cuts to Garrett Green, and he is talking shit to the entire TCU defense. And Nick Malone has to come over and like drag him away from like four TCU defenders. Um, and that was one of those things where it's just like, okay, yeah, see, like you got this dude at the helm. This is the leader of your team. It, it, we're built a little bit different this year, right? Like I think that was the first time that I thought, like, damn, this this like this season might be a little bit different. You know, we thought TCU was really good at that point or had a chance to be good at that point. Um, Obviously, it didn't. It didn't play out that way. Um, I still think they're a pretty talented team. But having your quarterback, who he's not a big guy, right? But we see this all season. Uh, uh, he is not scared of anybody, and I think that that attitude was embodied in in that specific moment. Um, guy who we talked about on the last pod a little bit, um, Hudson Clement, uh, loved his breakout against Duquesne, where it was just like three straight plays of like, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is, you know, like, I don't think that I've had text threads blow up in in that way, um, the way that they did when Hudson Clement is just scoring like scoring a hat trick of touchdowns against Duquesne. Um, and then the dude just making clutch plays, you know, all throughout the season in, in, in big moments. And I think the biggest one was the Houston game. Unfortunately, it, it, it you know, it kind of came around and rubber banded on us a little bit. 
But his his fourth and ten uh, touchdown, the fifty yard touchdown against Houston, where it was just like, holy shit, like this guy's legit good. Um, but then I think like my single favorite moment of the season um, was the punt late in the pit game uh, when MJ Devonshire let the ball bounce a little bit, bounce, bounce, bounced. Um, and this is the dude who pick six us last year uh, to win the game in Pittsburgh. And he like picked it up and tried to get and got suplexed by like four dudes. And it was just like, I, I don't know. I, I left my body in that moment inside of Mountaineer <laughs> field. Like I was elevated above the stadium. Like I'm not even sure what I did or, or like what I was saying, but I'm sure that it was not, um, you know, I'm not always the the most uh, politically correct or, or uh, PG on these podcasts, but like, I'm sure that it was not kid friendly, the, the things that I was saying in that moment. But I think that was my single favorite moment because we were just beating the shit out of Pitt. And that kind of like put the exclamation point on it where it's just like, holy shit, like we are just beating you guys to death right now. You just got suplexed by four guys inside your own 10 yard line and fuck you. We're winning this game and you guys suck. Um, so I think, you know, th- those are kind of the handful that stick out to me. Um, obviously there, there were, there were a lot of great moments this year, but I think those are kind of the four that, that really stick out to me. Yeah. I, I love all of those. Those are good. Um, for my favorite moment, I'll, I'll do a couple. Yeah. Like kind of quick hitters. So I, I mean, if I could just bottle the entire backyard brawl day, that was, that was an awesome day. Um, being in Mountaineer field for night game, sweet Caroline playing. I feel like that was a very, uh, memorable night. And just in general, grinding a pit to a pulp, not allowing a touchdown. Um, and just, you know, the first game back in Morgantown in a long time. That was that was a really fun fun day. Um, are there moments that really stood out to me just like reflecting on the season? The Texas Tech um, closeout defensive stand. I was actually, I got the opportunity to be on the field that for that moment. I was down on the field when that happened. Um, and that was definitely a, a moment I will remember for a long time. That was an awesome, and that was sort of as the gears were starting to turn. I feel like these are sort of coupled. There was the pit win, and then there was this Texas Tech. We you know hang on and win it. And it's like okay, we're starting to get something going here. And the next week, the uh, the TCU game, we win by a field goal. Uh, that that was really just sort of like oh man, we're allowed to win. Like that's cool. We haven't we haven't been able to like string a few of those together in a long time. Um, and then one other thing, which the Baylor game, I think, is mixed feelings because that was a stressful game that we really didn't think was going to be stressful and all that. Um, but I think it was the feeling of us getting the ball and it was almost just the confidence of like, yeah, I feel like we're going to score. Like, we actually have an offense and enough guys and like, I, I'm I'm not like that nervous that we won't score. Um, and then to go into it in pretty dramatic fashion, th- those were all, you know, those were my memories for this season. Um and yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, a handful of those were, were pretty close games that we got to close out. So it's always fun when you win the close ones. Um, you know, you get the thrill of victory. Obviously, we we have felt it both ways this year. Um, so we'll, we'll segue the, uh, that. Well, yeah, I, just I, I will say shout out to Jeff Postis. I know he's why you got to go out, um, Joel. And I was supposed to be at the Cincinnati game. Um, I had a my son had a basketball game, so I couldn't go. But that is absolutely, or maybe he had a football game. I can't remember at this point. My son plays so many sports. Um, but, you know, shout out to Jeff. You know, he, he's gracious enough to, to allow us to get an opportunity to, to go to the games. And just being there and, and being where we're at and, and seeing those games from that high level is fantastic. Yeah. You know, it kind of gives you a different perspective. Um, 
you know, I remember being at the Iowa State game two years ago and just like I remember watching, um, was it uh, Sam James or I can't remember. Uh, no, it was Bryce. Bryce made that that incredible catch. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. So um, shout out to Jeff. You know, I think everything we saw this year um, it kind of leads us to, hey, we're, we're really excited. You know, um, it's just one of those things where we're really going to get a chance to kind of see why not us? Why not next year? Why can't we be 20, 2005 to 2007? Why can't we be exactly where we want to be um, with this team? I have uh, I have one last uh, favorite moment, and um, that was finding out. I don't know if a lot of you guys listening to this know this, but you guys are listening to the 37th biggest football podcast in Kazakhstan right now. <laughs> um, so I think finding that out, and then also I think we're the 131st or second biggest football podcast in Poland. Um Gonna be ninety-seven after this one, baby. So yeah, we're we're coming for the top one hundred in Poland. Uh, you know, watch out, Polish football podcasts. Um, but I think fine. <laughs> I, I I have dropped that into a couple of uh, of conversations and have gotten a great deal of enjoyment out of that. So um, shout out to our overseas listeners. I don't know if it's actually people there or if people who are uh, VPNing around the world or whatever the case may be. But hey, appreciate you. Uh, I don't know how to say thank you in Kazakh. Um, but, but, uh, I, I have really enjoyed that. All right. So we've had, uh, reminisce on the good moments. Um, uh, but we, we've had equal amount of, uh, bad moments, maybe not equal amount, but we've had our fair share this year. Um, so now we're going to do uh, superlative for worst moment or most disappointing moment of the season. I'll pass it to you first, Jake. All right. So worst moment has got to be the Hail Mary at Houston. I mean, I know a lot of fans are going, Hey, we could have had 10 wins. It could have been a big thing. I simply remind you, we were a drop touchdown against Texas Tech. We were two block field goals from TCU and a, a last second touchdown against Baylor from being five and seven. So it's not the time or the place, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still that guy at, at times. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think that this team. You know, th- there was a linchpin, right? You know, midway of the season, we were all still, or at least I was, I was on the fence. And you kind of watch and you go, if we had played different teams, and um, I-, I-, I had an article written up. I actually hit Jordan up and told him, like, hey, I've got something I've got written up and I want to talk about it. And-, and I chose not to print it simply because I didn't want to get into the negativity of the fandom. I thought that we were kind of turning a corner and I think that there's a lot of excitement here but you know th- there's something to be said for the confidence of this team I think if we had done those things if Texas Tech hadn't dropped that touchdown if um, TC if we don't somehow randomly block two tut- two field goals against TCU and we don't somehow miraculously score a touchdown against, against Baylor we're having a very different conversation. Um, I, I think Houston, I love Dana. I, I, I can't say anything negative about the guy. I just, I love the guy. I love the bravado. I love what he did while he was here. Second win in his coach, 61 wins, all that stuff. Um, that's easily the low point of the season. Um, I, I think that the good thing for us is that you saw against Houston, 
we we rushed three, we dropped eight, and it didn't work. To its credit, that that's a fluke play, right? You know, yeah. we knocked the receiver down at the five yard line. He gets back up. He miraculously catches the touchdown in the end zone. They win. Whatever it happens, it's it's a fluke play. That said, um, against Baylor, Baylor had a chance, and what did we do? We rushed five. We forced the guy to his his right. He has to or his left. I don't remember at this point. Um, but he has to make a bad throw and it doesn't work. So you saw a little bit more. Jordan and I had this conversation literally about 12 months ago. Just bring pressure. Make the dude make a decision and make him make it in duress at, at, at a moment and it worked. So Houston's easily for me, the low point of the season. And from there, we ended up going five and two. Um, you lost to the Oklahomas. I'm, I'm flipping the birds here, you know, goodbye, good riddance to Oklahoma. We don't have to see them again. So Houston was the low point. We don't have to see Dana again. We don't have to see, uh, Oklahoma again. Goodbye. Good riddance. Why not us? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the obvious answer. Um, but for the, for the sake of talking about, uh, you know, you know, talking about other other stuff. Um, the my worst worst moment aside from from the 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 Hail Mary, I think is is the fourth quarter against Oklahoma State, right? Where we're up twenty four twenty with what eleven minutes to go. We have all the momentum, force a stop, and Andrew Wilson Lamp, who uh, to my knowledge has not been picked up in the in the transfer <laughs> portal. I'm not sure what his highlight tape is that he's sending out to people. I don't know if it's him targeting his own punt returner. I can think of a few, or if it's uh, what did what did he do in like the last game of the season? Didn't he do something? He did something stupid against Baylor too. I can't even remember at this point. But like, um, you know, you yeah, you go from from up twenty four twenty with, and you should be getting the ball and and driving to to take a two score lead, and then an hour later, you know, we're walking out of the stadium and we got what forty eight thirty one, something like forty eight thirty four. I don't even I yeah forty eight thirty four forty eight thirty four, and it was just like, what the fuck even happened? You know, like like uh, I'm looking at. My season tickets are between I have a buddy like four rows in front of me um, and a little bit over. And then I have a buddy who's, you know, like 20 rows behind me in the section over. And we're just like looking at each other like, where, where did the last hour go? Like, what the fuck even happened? You know, and it was just so disappointing because because uh, was that that was coming off of the back of the of the TCU win. Is that right? Coming off the back, no, that's coming off with Houston loss. The Houston loss, right? Where it's like, okay, we're we're bouncing back, we're bouncing back. Here we go, here we go, and it it just all went so fucking wrong. And it and it was at home, and that was the only home game we lost. I know before the season, Joel, I think we talked about it, and I was like, why can't we go six and zero at home? Yeah, right. And it was right there in our home, right there in our hands, and uh, and we fumbled it, and we fumbled the bag uh, quite literally. And then Ollie Gordon ran for what 180 yards in the fourth quarter, and uh, three touchdowns. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a, th- a tough time <laughs> talking about it here, <laughs> like three months later. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really hated that. I mean, you know, the the Houston one is the obvious answer because that's the obviously with with Jake's caveats aside, um, that's the difference between us and ten wins this year. 
but but the huge but the Oklahoma State one having it be at home and then just getting our asses kicked like that when when there was there was no reason for that to happen. Um, I was down bad after that game. So that was, that was a rough one. Yeah, that was a rough one. That was the testing the, the fanhood portion of the season. Um, the, the Houston finale and then the Oklahoma State fourth quarter. That was uh, the back to back low point there in the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, I do think the Houston is, is the natural low point because you were playing an inferior team. Um, your other three losses were against respectable teams who all won 10 games this year. Um, so 10 plus games this year. So the Houston one hurts just circumstance. It was Dana. Hudson Clement would have scored the touchdown. You know what Dana always said about West Virginia kids, all that stuff. Um, for the sake of being different, I will say, you know, the the other kind of low point of the season was um, about 20 minutes into the Oklahoma game when you realized uh, it was going to go the same way a lot of them had have gone in the past. Um, and that's just a thing we have with that team. And I, I, I've had several different years getting getting very hyped up for the Oklahoma game and uh, for whatever reason, they like to put us away early. And that was one where I think about two series each in, you just kind of knew how it was going to go. Um, and, and I don't even think I watched much of the fourth quarter because that's what kind of game it was. So, um, But, you know, four losses this year. One was very heartbreaking. One was really disappointing in Oklahoma State. Oklahoma didn't sting too bad because it was just over early. And then Penn State, I mean, I, I don't know – that anyone thought we were going to win that game. So that one probably hurt the least, at least my on my side. Um, so, all right. So th- those are our worst moment superlatives. So now we have Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Jordan, I'll let you kick this one off. Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, is there is there any other answer than Garrett Green? I've heard of I don't him. Th- I, yeah, no, I, I don't think there is. What, I mean, the guy had... Like so, coming into the season, right? We were like, "Yeah, if he could be John Reese Plumley, that would be a great season for him, right?" And then, uh, you know, I think we said on the last pod uh, that <laughs> he he like vastly exceeded that. The dude was, uh, you know, I, he he graded out as one of the the ten best quarterbacks in the country on PFF by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, had had all of the big play, you know. I think we we saw everything we would have wanted out of him, right? Like you you got everything you would have expected on the ground. Um, he was awesome with his legs. Um. You know, through the through the deep ball, great. But then I think the the biggest thing was the decision making, right? Where you know, like when to run, when to pass, all that, this, all those decisions were were really really good. And I don't have the numbers in, in front of me, but but the entire year he was, you know, one of the two or three best in the conference and one of the the ten or fifteen best in the country um, in turnover worthy plays. Like the guy, the guy made a ton of big plays uh, with both his arm and his legs. And didn't really put the ball in harm's way all that much. Didn't didn't really fumble it that much. I mean, you know, you said uh, on the last pod we, we we got sacked four times this year. I think two of those were Nico Marchio, um, in in the uh, the pit game and and then the Texas Tech game. Um, and so yeah, no, I, I think there's there's no other answer than Garrett Green. Um, you know, I think Neil Brown has said it kind of in the back half of the year, even though he still refuses to fully <laughs> praise him. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, as long as that guy's playing, we got a chance to beat just about anybody. Um, it sucks. You know, the Oklahoma game he, was his worst game as a starter. I think it was even worse than the Kansas state game last year. Yeah. Um, and, and that sucks because that's one where, you know, you're really looking forward to that duel, right? Like he and Dylan Gabriel were probably the two best quarterbacks in the conference this year. in my, uh, admittedly biased opinion, but, um, yeah, I, you know, he, he gave us everything we could have possibly hoped for. And, and then even a little bit more, 
uh, this year. Um, I think he's a great leader for the team. Uh, you know, the dudes rally around him. He gives us a vibe. He gives us swagger. And going into next year, I mean, I've, I've said it a couple times, like, you know, the dude is not going to get drafted to play in the NFL. Like, right. I mean, let's just be very clear about that. But like of the, you know, aside from the seven or eight dudes who are, who are, have like legitimate NFL aspirations, like who is a better quarterback in college than this guy? Or to put it differently, who is a bigger problem in college than this guy? Um, and that's what he is. He's just, he, he poses problems for defenses. Like he stretches people vertically with his arm, uh, stretches people uh, sideline to sideline with his legs, makes everybody else on the team better. Um, I mean, you know, like if you think Jaheim White is, is getting the, the holes that Jaheim White gets, if, if Garrett Green is not, the threat is not coming out the other side on his own read, uh, you're, you're crazy. I mean, you know, it's, it's what we've been begging for for the last four years of Neil Brown is like, <laughs> dude, we're, we don't have fucking Tom Brady. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta have the threat of the run at the quarterback position. He gives us, and, and he's one of the elite runners, uh, at the quarterback position in the, in the entire country. So, um, has to be Garrett green offensive MVP. I think he's got to be a preseason front runner. I don't know if he's going to be a lock, but he's going to be one of the four or five guys in consideration for uh preseason big 12 offensive player of the year next year. Uh, guys, this guy's been outstanding. I love him. We all love him. Number six in your programs, number one in all of our hearts, right? So, um, Garrett Green, Offensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I will say, I love Garrett Green. You know, the, the description of Golden Retriever fits him to a T. Like, the dude exudes blue and gold. Like, just, you cannot speak. Jordan has said everything. Like, the dude is everything you want in a Mountaineer quarterback. I think that Jaheim White, you know, he's about 15, 20 minutes north of me um, from where I'm at in Pennsylvania. Like, he's that one-two punch. Like, Garrett doesn't do everything alone. Jaheim absolutely compliments him. Garrett is the MVP. I, I, I can't take enough away from him. I have said before that the line isn't as good as everyone thinks, but... Garrett makes him look better. He passes better. And then Jaheim is that guy that, you know, Garrett scrambles for 50 in the bowl game, and then Jaheim runs it in and puts the nail in the coffin. Like, I love Jaheim. So I think those one, two are your Pat Slayton type guys. Uh, CJ is your Owen guy. I, I, I can't say enough. I, I'm so excited for next year. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to next year. Um, you know, if Garrett improves, if he takes a Skylar Howard leap, if he goes from 50, 52%, which is what he's around right now, to 57, 58%, he doesn't need to be 60, 65%. He doesn't need to be Will Greer. No one needs to confuse him for Will Greer. If he's just hitting three or four more passes next year. All of a sudden, he's 275-75, right? 350 a game, three touchdowns. We're talking about Jordan and I are high-fiving in, you know, Atlanta or whatever the the, the playoff game is. We're going to have some fun. And Jordan and I, we're already drunk. And um, we're already, you know, eight drinks deep. Holy cow, we're going to have some fun. I, I love Garrett Green. He might be the the dude that 
makes West Virginia fun again. Oh my God. Like, why can't we, can't, why can't it be us? I just, <laughs> you know, I love Will Greer. Will Greer might be the single best quarterback in West Virginia history. Settle I, down. Settle no, 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 no. Will Settle Greer, down. that Texas game, I can't tell you how high I was. I mean. I was there. It's still one of the three or four best days of my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I yeah. have two Zero kids and have been there. I'm a 13. Garrett it's Green. Four, it's top four for sure. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know, my wife I think she went to bed, but just in case she hasn't, I'm not gonna order them. Uh, <laughs> I'm a forty one year old man and I can't tell you how much I just wanna go buy Garrett Green drink and dude, here's two hundred dollars. I don't care what you do with it. You can go invest it, you can go buy a hooker. I don't care. Dude, I love you. You are so great. I just you make West Virginia fun and that's what i want i want to have fun and garrett green you have everything i want in a college quarterback you make west virginia fun you make me want to just go hit somebody you make me want to just like i i I literally want to run through a wall because of garrett green he has the excitement the energy the the uh the everything that i want in a college quarterback he's not a great nfl he's not going to the nfl right but holy cow, that dude right there is just everything I want in a college quarterback. I like, I love watching that dude. You know, it's 20 to 10, like, oh my God, like UNC can come back and nope, dude runs for 50 yards and we're yeah. going to win this game. And just, dude, I, I and, and, you know, I've got short hair. I've got the buzz cut. I'm 40 years old. I'm old and everything. And long hair. I just, I love that guy. I love Garrett Green. I th- you know, Jaheim White's that one-two punch, but man, Garrett Green, I can't tell you what, man. You you come you come to Pennsylvania, man. I'll buy you every drink in the world. <laughs> I think my favorite my favorite quote of the year, I think, was when he he said, uh, and I think it was after the season, you know, or uh, I, I it was later in the season when he, he's like, you know, I was born and raised in Tallahassee, but I became a man in West Virginia. And like, and I was just like, fuck yeah, buddy. Like you're, you're my guy. I think there's, there's a lot of value. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to be, I'm not stalker guy. Uh, but my buddy lives on Willowdale across the street from Garrett and Doug Nestor and, and Zach Frazier. And so I think the fact that he, you know, lives with two West Virginia boys plays into it even more you know, those are his best friends. Um, the guy gets it, all this stuff, Joel, uh, who, who is your guy? Is it, is it also Garrett, or do you want to go a different direction? I mean, I'll just continue the, the Garrett Green salivation over here. So, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if we're talking best best prospect, it's Zach Frazier. I mean, let, let's be honest with that if we're thinking the next level. But if we're talking Garrett Green, I mean, everything you guys have said is all true. Um, the intangibles that he brings, I mean, I, I won't name names, but some of our recent quarterbacks compared to the, the level of energy and enthusiasm and just – yeah, he's ready to get in your face. I think you mentioned that as a good moment, Jordan. I love that about a quarterback. He brings his own energy, and the team feeds off of it. Um, just to back up some uh, the things you guys were saying with some some numbers, number one in the country in big-time throw percentage. Number one in the whole country in big-time throw percentage. Um, turnover-worthy plays. He, if you're looking at the list of all the guys in that in that realm, he he has one more turnover worthy play than about the top twenty, like the the best guy in the top twenty. He's right there, just eight turnover worthy plays on the season. If you look at sacks, it's insane. It doesn't even make sense. 
He is the lowest pressure to sack ratio in the in the country. Four point eight percent of the time he gets pressured, it's a sack. That is that's one in twenty times he gets pressured, it turns into a sack. Do, do you want a comparison here? The Heisman, uh, Jaden Daniels, it's twenty percent. Uh, he was sacked. Bill. He Keep was going. sacked twenty one times. Garrett Green was sacked four times on the season. Keep going. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we could talk all day, but the <laughs> the skill set that he has really just blows this offense wide open in, in terms of possibilities. If he gets twenty percent better on his uh, mid range passes, um, you know, buy a ticket for New York. I don't know. I, it it the <laughs> the leap that he could make if he just cleans up the mid range passes. His decision making has been great. He seems like he's passed first, but he knows when to run, and when he runs, he's going to make you pay. Um, yeah, this offense goes because of Garrett Green. I don't even want to calculate how many losses, uh, additional losses we get if he's not our quarterback this year. So uh, I will leave it at that. But uh, all aboard is all I'm saying. Um, all right. So Garrett Green, the uh, the consensus <laughs> offensive player of the year on the West yeah. by Pod. Consensus uh, All-American next year. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, all right. Defensive player of the year. Um, who do you have, Jake? I said at the beginning of the year that I loved Mike Lockhart, and it pains me to say that he was the fifth out of fifth defensive tackle. So I'm going Lee Koba. I love that dude. Jordan and I said last year, like, let that dude attack. Like, just let him go get a dude. Let him be Bobby Boucher. Let him say, see ball, hit ball, like, punt. Drop kick. I don't care. Go get somebody. I love Lee Koba. I just, I love that dude. Like, I love a linebacker. I love my favorite linebacker that we've had over the last 10 years has been um, Nick Kwiatkowski and David Long. And Lee Koba is in that conversation. So I'm really sad that Trotter left. I really, really want to see Cutter be that next guy. But I loved Lee Koba. I think that dude just became the guy who, you know, brought everyone in and said, hey, they just scored. We're going to go grab that ball. We're going to run it down their throats. We're going to give it to Gary Green. And that's my dude. I love Lee Koba. He's everything I want in a linebacker. I cannot wait till next year to see someone take those reins and say, Hey, Lee last year would grab you by the face mask and tell you what to do. This is us. Go get the ball. We're winning this game. Go get it to Garrett Green. That's what I want. I loved Lee. He's my favorite guy. It's uh, so I think I think that's going to be my pick as well. Um, but it, it's a weird. It, it's a it's a interesting conversation, or the, the I guess differentiation between most valuable player and yeah. player of the year. Um, and I think this is, I mean, if I was going to say most valuable, I'd say Trey Lathan, because I think that when he got hurt against TCU, that is the very clear point of delineation between our defense being good this year. And then our defense being, you know, what, what it became for the second half of the year. Um, but I think if I was going to go outstanding player, I'd, I'd say Lee Kogba. I think he's, he's the dude who kind of set the tone. Um, you know, he has his deficiencies, um, you know, doesn't have the loosest tips, like kind of, kind of struggles a little bit when he's in coverage, 
But, you know, to Jake's point, like we, we did a much better job this year. I felt like of putting him in situations where it's, it was much more, I'm coming downhill to, to, to hit somebody. And in those situations, uh, you know, there aren't many guys who I prefer or who are, who are better. Like if you put somebody in front of Kogba, he's going to put you on your ass and, and let you know about it. And, and I, I love that about him. Um, I thought the bowl, he was outstanding in the bowl game. Um, it was a great way for him to end his, his WVU career. Um, NFL prospects, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I think he'll catch on somewhere, maybe as a special teams guy and a rotation linebacker, just because he's he's so fast and he is so physical. Um, you know, I I I think the <laughs> it's weird that neither of us or have, have said Beanie yet, right? Um, the consensus All American. Um, Beanie, I feel like was the embodiment of that of that Marshawn Lynch meme of of like uh, you know I'm 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 going to get God, I know that, but I'm I'm also going to get you. You know, like there were times where I feel like Beanie kind of got low key picked on, but then you know dudes are throwing at him and he made a ton of fucking plays this year. Yeah. Um. And and was I you know I think the <laughs> consensus. How many consensus All Americans have we had in the history of the program? Um. It's it's not a ton. And, uh, you know, so he was awesome. But I think if I was going to say one one dude to be the outstanding player of the year, I think I'd pick Kogba. Yeah, I would totally be fine with Kogba being it. Um, yeah, I will pick Beanie Bishop here just because I do feel like he made some impactful. He made enough plays. impactful plays that changed the course of games. Um, specifically, I remember the two interception game he had were, were two big interceptions that really, really kind of held the held the defense together in the first half um koba i i, I just to sort of UCF. You know, yeah ucf game yeah. um yeah koba i think the leadership mentality and just in a similar way that garrett brought the energy for the offense i think koba yeah. brought it for the defense and i i think that stuff is listen i like looking at the numbers and and, and diving into the stats but those intangible things are like super important and they're hard you gotta to have to dudes on the field you gotta yeah. you gotta have dudes on the field who can lead and we we just haven't had those kinds of dudes and you're right. Kogba gave us that on defense. Garrett gave us on offense. Um, but yeah, Beanie's, Beanie's a great pick too. Yeah. So I'm fine with either of those guys uh, being the uh, the defensive player of the year. Um, okay. So newcomer of the year. I'll, I'll go first on this one since it's just kind of a piggyback. I mean, there's a couple options here, but I, I think newcomer for me is going to be Beanie Bishop because um, in the flux of all these transfer portals, uh, the recruiting, you know, I am not the most up on it, but you see names come and go all the time. And it's really hard to be like, is this dude going to pop? And you look at Beanie before he came to West Virginia, he was, he was no slouch, but the, the fit in our program and, and the, you know, the steps, the levels that he ascended this season. Um, I just feel like, you know, you could not have, you could not have seen it coming. So I will give uh, Beanie Bishop my newcomer of the year. I think Beanie is the absolute right pick here. Um, to go from Minnesota where he was, you know, a slot guy, just not really the great guy. You know, we brought him in and I remember saying, really, this dude, like, wasn't great. Like, we're going to make this guy. And he became a consensus All-American. Like, not, nothing I can say against that guy. Returned upon against UNC, like, he he's it. He he's my like newcomer of the year. Just I 
I really go back. I, I go back to Rasul Douglas. He was my favorite corner. That long, lean, like going to make plays. Bishop was that guy. If we can find someone else, if we can find someone next year who really makes those plays, you're going to find someone who turns this defense around. If you can have someone that you can say, hey, you take that that number one guy, shut him down, make him work for every single yard that he makes, and everyone else do their job. Bishop was that guy this year. It's everything you need. It makes the defense better. Bishop was everything you want in a corner. The 13th All-American, consensus All-American in West Virginia history, like, fantastic. I love Benny Bishop. The The fact that he said, hey, my last game, I'll do, Neil, call on me. I'll do what you do. They, they kicked a, they line drive, low kick, returns it for the touchdown, probably turns the tide, right? Like, there, there's two plays that really stick out to me in the bowl game. The Bishop touchdown, the Garrett Green 50-yard scramble. Those are the two plays that really turn the game. That Bishop touchdown in his final play is, I'm going to return the punt. I will do whatever you need to make this a win for West Virginia. I love that dude. I'm so glad that he chose West Virginia. I'm so glad that he chose to play in the ball game. Like, I'm looking at Florida State, who who had like 37 opt-outs. Like, that dude just is the epitome of a blue-collar like lunch pail. I'm going to do what it need, it takes to win a game. Like, thank you, man. Thank you for being a Mountaineer. Thank you for being the guy. 13th consensus All-American. I love you, man. So we'll, we'll call him the defensive newcomer of the year. And then I'll, I'll say Jaheim White um, as the offensive newcomer of the year. I think no surprises there. Um, you know, we, we heard the stories in camp. I think we were all excited we signed him. Like, I think we all kind of, um, you know, I, I follow the recruiting closely. I was excited that we signed him. He had a huge senior season. Um, thought he could come in and make some plays for us. And honestly, I thought he might play more in the slot as a receiver just because of the question marks we had at receiver. Um, but, you know, he's a dude who once he – I think in the spring game was was the first kind of taste. And it was just like, holy shit, like there, there's something here. You know, he broke a couple of big plays in the spring game. But then once he got his shot in the season, he just he just never looked back. Um, I think he finished the season as one of the three highest graded running backs in, in power five. Um, yep. if you, if you're looking at just in the regular season, uh, I think he finished first or second in yards per carry. I think he's first. If you put like any sort of filter on the number of carries there. Um, I think there was a dude from New Mexico state who had a, a higher average, but with, with way fewer carries. Um, but you know, being the yin to Garrett's yang uh, down the stretch, right? Like, you know, I, I think that the way that he stresses teams, um, he's got the speed, the quickness. He's not an easy tackle, even though he's a smaller guy. Um, you know, he doesn't always go down on first contact. Um, it's It's been a long time. I, I don't even know if Steve Slayton was as good as he was as a freshman. You know, Steve Slayton was fucking awesome. Uh, but I'd put him in that conversation of like, these are the best running backs that we've ever had as true freshmen. You know, he's, he's in that conversation. Um, I don't know what he, what did he end up on the year? Like 850 some yards and uh, probably what, like five or six touchdowns, six or seven touchdowns. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, yeah. It's 790, 792. 
on eight eight point two a carry. Eight point two a carry. On like what a hundred a hundred and over a hundred carries. Hundred and thirty five yeah. carries. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. insane. I mean, those are numbers where if I'm playing NCAA football, like <laughs> I am like thrilled. Difficulty up. I'm thrilled with those numbers. Yeah, you got to pump those numbers up, baby. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I have White at eight forty two and four touchdowns on hundred nine carries, which is a seven point seven. Like I don't have enough fingers. I'm I'm kind of drunk here, but seven point seven. <laughs> yards per carry, a 53 long, only four touchdowns, but the dude only ran 109 carries to CJ's 171. Just you can't say enough about the dude. Like and then, that's our one-two punch. And then there's the added factor of what he he had five catches for uh like almost two uh, like 175 yards, I think. 125. 125 yards, yards a catch. And and two of them went for touchdowns. So yeah. you know, like, like, and they were big plays too. Like, right there was a seventy-five yard touchdown against uh, Cincinnati, winner. and the game winner yep. against Baylor. Um, so you know, he he gives you again. You know, who knows? He's he's a small dude. Who knows what that does to his NFL prospects down the line? Hopefully, that's way down the line. Um, but uh, you know, he gives you everything you could possibly want in a college running back. Um, and you know, I. Uh, I know it seems like CJ's coming back and Jaheim uh, Jaheim's all in, which I fucking love. Um, he could not be more pro West Virginia, which, you know, I think some of us were a little concerned, like hands off SEC, like stay the fuck away. He seems to have put a stop to all that. He'll definitely be back next year. Um, I, I think Jaheim has to be our lead guy, uh, lead guy yeah. going into next year. So um, awesome player. Um I guess we're about to get into the what the biggest surprise was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I got two yeah. questions left for you. So, so biggest surprise on the season, um, and I can take this one first. So, surprise in terms of I, I think you can look at this in multiple ways of, of when is your reference when are when are you being surprised? Um, so maybe I'll have a sort of um, a different one here, sort of a mid season surprise. So when you look at our offense through about four to five games and what it was and if you really can can kind of remember how you felt about the offense which remember caveat Garrett Green got hurt uh very early in the pit game uh but we scored 17 points against Pitt and then 20 against Texas Tech 24 against TCU just think about how you felt about the offense at that point um five games four to five games into the season and then what unleashed in the remaining remainder of the year um so after that 39 versus Houston, 34 versus Oklahoma State, 41, UCF, 37, 20, 42, 34, 30. And I felt very confident in our offense going forward. Like, we were moving the ball. I felt like we could score when we needed to. We were running, like, multiple good two-minute drives. Um, so my biggest surprise is thinking of the offenses that we've had under Neil Brown and even the offense we had through, like, four games this year, four or five games – the way we close, the conversations we're having right now about the offense are just like so far out compared to what we thought at the beginning of the season or a few games then. Yeah, completely, completely agree. I think I think that would be like just the offense generally, like what it became as the season went on. I mean, you called out the two minute drill, like even against North Carolina, right? Like North Carolina goes down the scores before the half, and Garrett goes down in, in like twenty eight seconds and and gets us a field goal um, at the at the end of the half, right? Um, he was awesome in those situations, but yeah, no, I think just, just generally like 
we haven't been explosive for four years, and we were super explosive for the last two thirds of this season. Um, you know, I think, and if I was to single out, so you know, I, I think uh, Garrett and Jaheim obviously were, were big parts of it, but I, th- I think it was the play of the receivers really that um, that was very surprising. Like that was a huge question mark coming into the year. Um, and we were like, is it going to be Devin Carter? Is it going to be Cortez Braham? Is it going to be, you know, who, who is going to step up out there? And it turns out it's a, it's a fucking walk on from Martinsburg, Hudson Clement. It's, um, uh, Preston Fox dude from dude from Morgantown who now admittedly dropped some passes, uh, but made a ton of huge catches, um, in big situations, uh, Traylon Ray stepping up, Rodney Gallagher stepping up. Like, I mean, we started the bowl game with three freshman receivers, right? And, and yeah. you know, I, I think that um, the growth of those dudes throughout the year, along with Garrett Green, where like, and, y- y- you know, it, you just get the feeling, and maybe it's the puppy, the, the golden retriever energy, but Garrett Garrett trusts everybody that he throws the ball to to make a play. Um, and and they, they rewarded that trust throughout the season. And I, you know, I think like the way that the vertical passing game came together, like Joe, I think you, you said before the season, like, what's the ceiling for the offense? It's like, well, I need to see the passing game. Well, the passing game came together. Um, and you know, we talk about Garrett's completion percentage, but we don't talk about the fact that he, you know, threw like what, like 25 to 30% of his passes were more than 20 yards down the field, which is, you know, in the top 10 or 15 nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, so I, I just think the offense generally, like how explosively we became throughout the year, how differently we've looked this year compared to the last four years of Neil Brown has been the the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, I'm looking at the the stats. We scored 177 points over six games, which is 29 and a half points per game. Right at the 30 points per game that we scored in the bowl game, it's just. We're right there. We're right where we need to be. I I don't know the stats, but, you know, when we're scoring 30 a game, it's really hard to beat us. Like, if we're scoring 17 to 20 in the first half, we can grind out the second half, and that really puts us in that 9 to 10 to win range that we need to be in. Yep. Um, It's just everything we need to be. Like, 29 and a half is where we want to be. I just, I'm I'm looking at everything, you know. We're looking at 41 for UCF, 37 for B, BYU, 42 for Cincinnati, 34 for Baylor, 30 for North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, we didn't play good. Everything we want to be, everything we want to score – that's where we want to be. You got the one-two punch of Green and Jaheim White. You got Devin Carter and Cole Taylor. How do you defend, how do you defend this team? How do you sit there and go, "Hey, we're going to double Devin Carter. How, we're going to double Traylon Ray." You got Rodney Gallagher. You got Cole Taylor. You got Jaheim White. We're right there. I'm so excited for 2024. Cole, Cole Taylor's a name that probably hasn't been mentioned enough. Um, dude led us in receptions. I think he was second in targets. Um, yeah, you know we were we were 
uh, I, I think in the preseason pod, like I like mentioned that I had had some info coming out of the uh, the, sh- the not the shell building, the indoor practice facility that he might be our most talented offensive uh, or at least our most talented receiver. The dude made plays all year. He's a great target coming back. Super excited about that because he is a huge weapon in the passing game. Would love to see him block a little bit better, but uh, you know, that is what it is. But yeah, I, I think the, the, the offense that we finished the year with, like if you had told me before the season that like, you know, the offense would be like the shit that we're talking about. I would have, I would have believed you, but I would have been like, you know, fucking super excited about it. Like the offense ended up being awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, that was the biggest surprise for me. Um, and yeah, it's just, I, I just feel like at least we're fun. We, I know, Jake, you mentioned it. Garrett Green, the offense and whole, I feel like every game was enjoyable to watch just because I felt like we could move the ball. We weren't grinding out trying to win 17-14. Like, that's just not a super fun brand of football. So, um, all right, we've talked a lot about 2024. I think this probably leads really well into the last question. So, are you trusting? Are, are we climbing? Is, is, is the climb on? We, I think we've said on this podcast, Jake, I know you've had strong feelings about the climb on this podcast before, but as of the very end of 2023, what is what is your status on the climb? I am so excited. If Green <laughs> was a senior, I would probably be like, eh, screw you guys. I'm on here. We're, we're not going to win eight games, but Green's a senior. Like, Everything is setting up for 2024 to be a great year. Yeah, I'm having fun. Um, Jake's like four whiskeys down. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I mean, the fact is, we go 94. We got a senior quarterback, which is the epitome of why we're going to be ranked in 2024. I'm not sure we're ranked in 2023. We might be, we might not be, but we're ranked in 23. We are top 20, top 25. We're going to beat Penn State. We're going to be a oh top 15 God. team. We are going to be challenging for, yep, Joel's over here writing it down. We're going to be challenging for the Big 12. Everything says we are great for the next year. I mean, this is a springboard. We're ready for next year. Um, the defense, I, Ann, please come talk to me. I, I love you, Ann, but we're not <laughs> the greatest. But the offense is going to be great. I mean, a golden retriever, senior quarterback, a sophomore running back, a junior running back, a junior, sophomore, se- senior receiver, everything set up. We're going to be there. I, I cannot tell you how much I am excited for 2024. We're seven home games. Oh, my gosh, guys. Jordan, Joel, we're going to have seven home games. We're, we're right there. It's everything we need to be in the conversation for the the 12-game playoff, the, the Big 12 championship. It's there. We're right there. Yep. And uh, so th- th- this is going to just be, we, we, we jumped the gun here on the uh, on the Discord Q&A because the, the first question was from Slaw, are you trusting? Um, so we'll, we'll just we'll just use this as a, as a transition into the rest of the questions. But I am absolutely fucking lutely trusting the climb. Boys, I've been trusting the climb 
even when it wasn't fucking cool, dude. I, you know, I, if you guys have been listening to this pod, I am as pro Neil Brown as any human on the planet. I've been wanting him to succeed this whole time. Like I've had my, you know, there's been a couple times where maybe I faltered, uh, you, you know, but, uh, but in general, um, yeah, I'm trust. How can you not be trusting the fucking climate at this point? Like, you know, you still, you still see people, uh, it's like, Hey, you know, what would help is if we won. And it's like, Hey buddy, we won fucking nine games this year. Uh, and we were picked as the 14th best team in the conference. And, you know, I, again, uh, like I've said, I think that's lazy journalism of, of people just aggregating takes and, uh, you know, and, and people who don't follow us closely and didn't know the kind of team we had. And they were just like, oh, well, 10 other people picked them 14th. So sure, I'll say that they're going to be the, the 13th team or whatever, you know, the case may be. Um, but yeah, dude, how can you how can you not be trusting this thing at this point? I mean, we're in line to, to bring back, what, 16, 17 starters from a nine win team. Um, you know, all the important players on offense, with the exception of the center and the right tackle and. You know, I, I think Matt Moore gets a lot of shit, but he built a good a, a good offensive line. He built a good offensive line, and it's an offensive line that has been good throughout the season, even with injuries to key players. Wyatt Milan missed a couple games. Thomas Rematch missed a couple games. Doug Nestor missed a couple of games. Like, several people missed significant snaps in, in games throughout the season. The offensive line never really dipped. Um, you know, and, and, and so... Like I, I think you have to look at the offense. Like like I said, we started three tr- three freshman receivers, uh, two of them true freshmen in the bowl game, um, and that's kind of what it was down the stretch. And we we were still putting up numbers on people. You're bringing back Jaheim White. You're bringing back uh, C.J. Donaldson. You're bringing back Cole Taylor. Most importantly, you're bringing back fucking Garrett Green. Like so, the offense. Like you you have to look at this. This is going to be an offense that if they're not in the top quarter of the conference next year and probably in the top 20 to 25 of the country, it will it will have been a disappointing season for the offense, in my opinion. And then you look at the other side of the ball, you look at the way, dude, we whipped North Carolina's ass up front. Um, and everybody is back. Like we, And we did that without Mike Lockhart, who, who Jake, you've mentioned a couple times on, on this pod and on the last pod. Um, bringing all these dudes back, every single dude who played in the bowl game in the front six, with the exception of Lee Kogba, is coming back. Um, and you know, and, and I think we've done some nice stuff in the recruiting. We've done some really good stuff in the transfer portal, Ty French coming in. Uh, we got a couple of other offers out to some, to some dogs, to some dogs on the defensive line. Um, I think the front six is going to kick ass. You know, we'll see about the secondary. Uh, we'll see about the secondary. That was a question mark coming into this year and they were, they were up and down, right? Beanie was fucking awesome, but there were also some games where we got picked on. Um, but yeah, dude, how can... Like Texas and Oklahoma out of the picture, like this is a team that absolutely can contend for a conference title next year. How can you not be trusting the climb right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on. I'm I'm ready to um I'm ready to get my hopes up. I'm um you know this was the year we talked about the expectations coming in to the beginning of the year, and I feel like um it's easy to get emotional and all the ups and downs of the season as it goes, but. The result that we got at the end of the season, we would have 100% taken at the beginning of the season. And I think that's important to remember. We, we were leaps and bounds better on offense than we expected to be. And we won more games than we expected to win. We won more games than Vegas expected to win. We won more games than the experts expected to win, than the Big 12 media, uh, than pretty much everyone who who knows anything about football expected us to win. So, massive step in the right direction. Um, 
you know, it doesn't excuse if we come out next year and win five games. You know, that, that would be a massive disappointment. I think what you said about the offense is true. The expectations are going to be high. Um, I think this was a massive step for the program just in general. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. And, you know, looking forward next year, eight or more wins, I feel like, is 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 where we need to be eyeing. I feel like that is the, the bar that was set. And with the pieces coming back, like, that has to be the floor for, you know, the continued good vibes to continue. Um Obviously, competing for the conference championship was, would be what everyone wants to do. And uh, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, I hope we're there. But um, if the question is, are we trusting the climb? Or is, are, are we trusting the Neil Brown vision? 100% signed on for another year. I'm ready for it. And I, I think it's as simple as that. He has 100% earned another year. And, you know, we, we will continue to decide. That's how all these coaches are evaluated. You can win a national championship and a couple years later, you can get kicked out. It is not a one-time evaluation. Um, but as of today, at the end of 2023, yeah, Neil Brown's earned another year, and, and I'm excited for it. I think everyone on this pod is excited for it. So um, that's all you can ask. Yep. Yep. Perfect segue into the second question from Zentradi Elite. How good does next season have to be to consider an extension for Neil? And conversely, how bad would it have to get to fire him? Um, extension, I mean, I think you're looking at double-digit regular season wins, and yeah, you're in that conference conference championship game. Um, you know, if, if you do that with this, with this team next year, um, yeah, then, you know, I, I, I think you have to look at, at an extension for Neil, especially if the recruiting class comes along and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, conversely, how bad it would be to fire him? I mean, sub 500, you know, I, I think if he goes like seven and five after this year, like it would be really disappointing. I don't know if he would get fired, but if you go, if you go five and seven, then, with 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 what we have coming back, um, you know, I think it would have to be in consideration. What do you guys think? I agree. Six and six is the minimum that he gets fired. Seven and five is he's coming back. I think nine and three. You know, if you don't make the big twelve, big twelve championship, but you're one to two games out of it, good. I think six and six gets him fired. Seven five, he comes back. Yep. Yeah, I think I think it'd have to be pretty bad to get fired. Like, yeah, five and seven or, or somewhere in that neighborhood, um, barring you know unfortunate injuries or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in terms of to be thinking about extension, I mean that that that's maybe got to be like closer to like ten or eleven competing for the conference championship for real. Um, I yep. think eight or nine. And that range is just like, cool, things have trended in the right direction two years in a row now. We're building. We're, we're figuring some stuff out. It took longer than we wanted. But, like, um, let's not get, like, over, over, um, what am I trying to say? Just, like, you know, if you go eight and four again, that's not a bad thing. That is, like, reaffirming that things have continued to grow. I mean, obviously, I think everyone looks back on the Will Greer eight and four season senior year as, as a disappointing season. And and maybe this would be in that realm. But, um, yeah, I, I think anywhere in the same neighborhood and up, awesome. Extension, I think it's got to be a lot. And then I, I don't see him getting fired next year. I, I think it's got to be a pretty bad season. Yeah. All right, night 676. Six. Were you surprised with how good we did against North Carolina? Do we have a chance to beat Penn State? And what other moves are you looking for to bolster the roster? Um, first question, no, I was not surprised. I, I thought we matched up well against North Carolina. Um, so, no, I was not surprised with that. 
do we have ch- absolutely we have a chance to beat Penn State. I don't know if you guys have watched them this year. Um, I thought we were way too respectful of them. And now, granted, the team the team that we've ended the season with was not the team that we started the season with. Neil was definitely protecting Garrett against Penn State a little bit yeah. uh, in terms of letting him throw downfield and all that kind of stuff. That will not be the case next year in Morgantown. Uh, I say that with great confidence. Um, and, uh, yeah, we absolutely have a chance to beat Penn State next year. And then in terms of what other moves I'm looking for to bolster the roster, like still we got to still bring in dudes in the secondary. Um, we have a couple of guys who we, we really like who have signed so far. Um, but you cannot guarantee a 100% hit rate on these dudes where like not all of them are going to be as good as we hope that they are. Um, so continue doing that. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe another receiver if we can, but I think you got to focus on the defensive backfield, um, in terms of, you know, what, what can we do to, to, to make next season be really good? Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah. DBs are number one. Um, Wide receivers are number two. If we can get a number one wide receiver, then this offense is going to score 35 game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was not surprised that we beat North Carolina. I mean, I, I thought we matched up well. Definitely think we can we can beat Penn State, um, especially at home, season opener. I think definitely, definitely are going to be in that game. And then, yeah, I would say DBs, number one, receiver, number two, Maybe linebacker depth number three. Okay. All right. Moving to uh, the next question from Slaw. Maybe premature with portal stuff, but who are you most excited to watch next year? Actually, nothing to do with portal. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, Josiah Trotter. Um, I think he was going to play this year. He ripped his knee up in the spring, ended up not playing. That's why Ben Cutter ended up playing. Ben Cutter ended up being good. But Josiah Trotter, for folks who don't know, he's Jeremiah Trotter's son. Uh, he's Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, his brother, the dude who is an All-American linebacker at Clemson. Um, dude knows how to play football. Um, I think he would have played for us this year. If he comes back next year, I think he's probably the natural dude to step into that Lee Kogba role. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I love good linebacker play, um, yeah. and, and so very excited to watch him play. I don't know. What do you guys think? Green. 2,800, 700, 25 touchdowns. I love that dude. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me it would be Garrett Green intermediate passing game. If that comes back, if that that improves, watch out. And then – Actually, Jordan, you mentioned him, Ben Cutter. I'd like to see Ben Cutter with a uh, with an off season. <laughs> I would like to see see where that guy goes because he showed a lot of promise. Cutter and Trotter, yeah, twenty twenty four. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, down for that. Uh, from three or four Yenzer, we talking on field recruiting. Would love to hear some national signing day overreactions, um, dude. Super excited for 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 the day day farmer flip. I think that was kind of the biggest move of signing day. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, not a, not a whole lot. Like, really, we we it seems like we signed everybody who we wanted to. Um, there wasn't a, there weren't a whole lot of surprises. Um, I am I'm super excited. The J, the Jaden Bray pool from Oklahoma State is a big one. Um, if we can scoop JJ Jones, that would be another big one. Um, excited to see what Reed Carrico brings, the linebacker from Ohio State, who um, dude is the 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 highest graded recruit out of high school. He was a he was a high four star recruit. Um, didn't play a whole lot of Ohio state, but obviously gives us an extra body in the linebacker room, which is, which is dope. Um, 
Yeah, but no, I you know the recruiting class was was fine. I you know I don't think there's a whole lot of over or underreacting it. Like there were it, just because there were like no surprises. Like everybody who was committed signed, and uh, and we flipped day day. You know, so yeah. I don't have anything to add to that yet. You're our a recruiting expert here. <laughs> uh, I think Jake is. Uh, Jake took a quick time out here. Um, does the Dukes Mayo Bowl win cement this team as the best team in the country? Uh, I mean, West Virginia by two touchdowns against anybody, right? At least. At least. By at least two tutties? Bring Georgia in the Mountaineer Field to see what fucking happened to him. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, another question from 304 Yenzard. Will his team start 2024 with Neil Brown's first top 25 ranking at West Virginia? Yep. It, it, it depends if they get in at the end of this season. It's going to be a primetime game at home. We're going to be number 24. Penn State's going to be number 11. That's what I'm telling you right now. Yep. Um, 24 and 11. I like that. You know, the, the only reason I would say it wouldn't be our first is because I think there's a the, there's a chance we sneak in to the, you know, the, the 23 to 25 range this year at 9 and 4. Um, but, yes, we will be ranked at the start of next season, somewhere in the 20 to 25 range, if I had to guess. Um, from Cincy Ear, who are you picking as the biggest surprise player in offense and defense for 2024? Um, yeah, I mean, I already said Josiah Trotter. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be great uh, in the middle of the defense, provided he hasn't lost a step with with whatever uh, injury he had. Offensively, Hudson Clement. I, I think Hudson. I, I, uh, I think Huddy is, is is. I think he's a real player. Um, the dude gets open. The dude catches anything. Um, he's not super shifty, but he's like kind of sneaky, like low key fast. Um, and, you know, I think another offseason with Garrett Green, I think he could be a real player next year. What do you think, Joel? Yeah, I would have to think more about our roster as a whole for if we're, we're thinking of, like, surprise next year, like who's going to break out. Um, I do like the Hudson Clement. He, like I said, I feel like he was showing some flashes, maybe just an extra month of improvement there in the bowl game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I, I would probably have to think some more about the roster on that one. Yep. Okay. Offseason work. Then... Which of the Duke's Mayo concoctions on the broadcast were most offensive? Uh, I think we covered this a little on the last pod. The pepperoni roll uh, was bad. The last one that revolted revolted me. The donuts, Mayo yeah, on donuts was fucking atrocious, that. dude. It just made like I I borderline had a gag reflex going on there when they were yeah. doing that. So, um, yeah, not a big fan of that. I know uh, Jake Jake is on board with the uh, the pepperoni roll answer though. Um. 304 Yenzer, if you were the NCAA commissioner, how would you fix these bowl games? Pay um, the players in some fashion or winning team gets compensated in some fashion. Yeah, something like that. I also, you know, I think that um, the Mayo Bowl, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, like the bowls who do some quirky shit, mm-hmm. you know, it matters. Like the, the the shit where you can you can take it and you can put a 15-second clip of, of like some weird stuff happening on the internet. Like, you know, I think that matters in this day and age. And so, like, you know, buy into the social media aspect of it. Um, be exciting. Try and find a fun angle that, you know, plays into whatever whatever your bowl game is. But, yeah, no, I think I think the real answer, like you said, is, you know, you, you got to incentivize the players, um, pay them for an appearance in the bowl game. 
And then of course you're going to get the assholes who play one snap to get the incentive and then, and then opt out or whatever. But, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe it's like pay the winning team. Like if you win the bowl game, you get, you know, $50,000 a player or something like that, you know, something, something weird. Or uh, Mayo Bowl needs to be a dunk tank. That's just an aside. I think I think it should be a dunk tank style instead of a instead just of like a, full body submerged in mayonnaise. I want to see Neil Brown rip a gainer into a pool. I'm wondering, full of like, mayonnaise. can you swim in mayonnaise, or would, like, is it the kind of like would it be like in beer fest, or like the dude drowns in the tank of beer? I don't like. I don't like the coach, want to think about swimming in mayo. The coach, the coach jumps in the tank and then is just never heard from again. <laughs> you have to flush him out. <laughs> but uh yeah no i i think i think paying the winners of bowl games would would be a big step of making making them making the players care um and then last question rocky mountaineer aside from the two schools in Pennsylvania, which game are you most looking forward to in 2024 um kind of talked about this a little bit on the last spot i think but I have that Kansas game circled, man. The 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 Kansas game uh, two years ago left a really really bad taste in my mouth. I was really looking forward for a little chance of revenge this year. Unfortunately, we didn't get it. I would like to beat like to beat Kansas next year. I would really like to beat Kansas next year and and make sure that they know that hey, you know, you've had a couple of good seasons, but you're still fucking Kansas. So, what do you think? Yeah, that's a good one. Um... I'm kind of not for any crazy reason. I'm kind of excited for Cincinnati last, next year because I'll probably go to that. That's actually closer to me in Columbus than than Morgantown. So that one just for for personal reasons. Um, also Arizona. I mean, let's not forget that Arizona just beat Oklahoma. They just finished. They'll probably finish the season ranked around tenth. That's our um, conference opener this year. Uh, so that that's going to be like a, a, a maybe a high ranked team that we get a, you know, come off the pit game and an open conference play. So that, that's going to be a fun one. That's at Arizona, though. So so we'll be 3-0 heading to Arizona. Noted. Top 10 matchup, potentially, you know. Oh, baby. All right. Well, yeah, that's all the questions. All right. Sweet. Well, thank you, as always, for writing in. Uh, we enjoy doing the, the question segment. We're going to have some off-season content, probably more information on that to come. But if you have any uh, crowdsourced ideas or big topics you'd like us to dive deeper into, uh, hit us up. Easiest way to find us is in the Smoking Musket Discord, or you can find us on Twitter. Um, and yeah, you can find us on SmokingMusket.com as well. And uh, we appreciate you listening. So um, thanks again, Jake Lance, for joining us uh, these last two episodes. Thank you, as always, Jordan. And thank you guys for listening. We will catch you in the new year. All right. Take care, gang. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.